The devil is having a day with America. And this is what's going on. We are giving away our sovereignty. We are importing illegals to come in and choose our future leaders. And our kids are in the crosshairs of an ideological revolution that will sterilize them for life. And today I talk about Taylor Swift's positive influence on all of it. Yes, it's 2024. Satan is getting all his Christmas gifts. And I want you to help me stop it from happening. Let's do this. Your favorite night of the week, The Deep End on Tim Edge Live. Have I got your attention? We're going to talk about Taylor Swift, okay? And this is The Deep End. It is Season 7, Episode 15, and I am your humble host, Tim Hatch. And if you would, hit that like button, the subscribe button, the notification bell. Get notified every time we go live with new content. we got a lot to talk about. we got a lot of things that we've got to share regarding parental rights. And today, we're going to take it deep end style, head on, because you've got to be aware. You've got to be aware of the ideological fight for your families. Or if you're not in a family, if you're single or you know part of a family as a child, you've got to fight for your rights as a child to be connected to your parents because, astonishingly, the government is coming for the kids. In 2021, the Gay San Francisco Men's Choir, or San Francisco Gay Men's Choir, sang it very, very clearly from their own lips. We're coming for your children. Well, they've come for our children, and our nation has acquiesced. And given the LGBT warriors permission to rip children away from their parents. Many, many examples of that tonight on the deep end. I'm so glad that you're here, but we're first going to cover the open border policies of the Biden administration because the God of this world is in charge. And what's old, anything that's old is considered evil and anything that's new is considered novel and wonderful. And that is not how nations survive. Let's do deep end news. Deep, deep, deep end news. The news you choose if you could choose news. Yeah, so if you want any further proof that the God of this world is in charge, the God of this world is calling the shots. And by the God of this world, I do not mean Jesus and the Father. I mean Satan. Scripture refers to Satan as the God of this world. Uh, He is the prince of the power of the air. He is the one that people who do not believe in Christ follow naturally by their own inclinations. If you want any further proof that he is running this country, look no further than the following example. In this country, you can destroy statues of our founders people like Jefferson and Washington. You can do this with impunity. These are the people, by the way, who risked their lives to build a new nation that has enjoyed the greatest economic prosperity on record. This nation has freed more people, elevated millions, perhaps a billion people out of poverty, has set an example as a beacon of light of hope around the world. Well, those days are long behind us. Now, you can destroy the statues of those heroic men with impunity. You do not get punished for that. But if you destroy a statue of Satan in a Capitol building, in a state house, in America. You are charged with a hate crime. That's what happened to Michael Cassidy. Uh, he is a Republican congressman and in Iowa, and he destroyed that ridiculous satanic <laughs> image in the state house. And now his crime is considered a hate crime. Hating who? Who is Michael Cassidy hating? Satan? Really? We're going we're gonna to punish somebody for hating the God of hate. My word. Uh, more bizarre things I cannot imagine being news, but this is 2024 and anything goes. They've elevated the charges against Michael Cassidy. And so now he is going to face up to two years in prison and an $8,000 fine. Now, his GoFundMe or maybe his Gibson Go account had generated like $80,000 for legal defense bills. And amen to that. But talk about sympathy for the devil. Any Rolling Stones fans out there? There's a reason why Satan is called the God of this world, because he does every once in a while finally come clean and show us that he's running things. 
I mean, think about it. You know, I, I, I was taking it back to 2017, and Trump was excoriated, President Trump at the time, was excoriated for suggesting that if they start taking Confederate statues down, it will lead to Washington and Jefferson. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? That's exactly what's happening. This Thomas Jefferson Memorial has been taken down out of a rotunda in a New York City uh, government building, and Washington memorials are also coming down, and it's being done with the permission, with the support of the governments of those cities, states, and the federal government, in fact. And Trump was recorded in 2017 saying in Newsweek magazine, sad to see, I'm sorry, this is Time magazine, sad to see the history and culture of our great country being ripped apart through the removal of these beautiful statues and monuments. Now, a case could be made that maybe we should not have statues to Confederate soldiers and generals and the leader of the Confederacy, William Davis, uh, Jefferson Davis. Yes, I understand. The case could be made for those people who wanted to, you know, enshrine slavery and the right to enslave other people into law uh, in perpetuity. Right. Let's take down those statues. But Jefferson and Washington, because why? They were living in the context of their time, and they, do, they did know that slavery was wrong. They just didn't have the, the, the capacity anymore to fight for both a new nation and the abolition of slavery. It was a novel idea to abolish slavery as, at the time in history. Now, they could have done better, yes, but so can we do better. So can every generation do better with the ideological terms that they come to deal with. But can we now judge past people in history on our modern sensibilities? What C.S. Lewis called chronological snobbery? I think not. So they excoriated Trump. They said, no, that'll never happen. And here it is. It's happening. This is me. This is just showing us again that the God of this world is in charge. And he is now in the business of handing over the great historical nature of our country, the freedoms, the, the order, the law that we have used in this country to bring civil rights and freedoms and prosperity to millions of people. Those norms are being upended. What is wrong is not considered right. What is black is now considered white. And what is left is considered right. I mean, this is our world. It's bizarro land. I talk about this ad nauseum on this channel because it just gets more and more crazy. The globalists are redefining America. And the tool that they're using to make this happen is open borders. So open borders are happening because the federal government wants to give this nation away. Everything in the past is evil, wrong, homophobic, bigoted, racist, misogynistic, and patriarchal. And so everything new, feminism and trans rights and LGBT and progress and abortion rights on demand, these are all the new progressive mantras of a new religious cult that has taken over the nation. And one of the ways that they're going to try to make this happen and, ins and enshrine into law, uh, you know, sexual deviancy and abortion rights and basically eliminating America as a country on its own as a whole is open borders. They're giving away the nation. The Senate has just passed a bill that has gone to the House and will die on the floor. The House is not even going to take it up for a vote. Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, says, nope, it's not coming to a vote. And I've got a video about him talking about this legislation in just a moment. But the Senate passed this bill. Now, this is the Senate of the United States fighting for Americans? No. No, in a, in a bill to, quote unquote, fight fight illegal immigration. And, and make sure that you understand that term, illegal immigration. Illegal. In, in other words, unlawful entry into a country. Do you know that if you try to get into Australia unla unlawfully, if you try to enter that country unlawfully, they will put you in a detention camp for up to 10 years and you will never be heard from for those entire 10 years. No right of due process. You will not be heard. You will be locked away. Their immigration policies are stringent. Why? Because they believe that they're a nation that has a right to impose laws that protect their citizens. Not our country. 
The Democrat majority in the Senate just passed a bill guaranteeing the right to vote for those who break the law to enter our country eventually. Not the right, not right away, because that's how it works. They don't give it to them right away. They give them just a waiting period to have the right to, to vote. That's the gist of this new piece of legislation, which will never, thank God, get a House vote as long as Mike Johnson is in charge. The main takeaways of the bill, right from CNN politics, so you know I'm not showing you biased news here, is there's new emergency authorization to restrict border crossings if daily average migrant encounters reach 4,000. So that means they're not even going to start imposing the law. They're not even going to start protecting the border until 4,000 people come over the, the, the border in 4,000 people come over the border in one in one week. Then if it gets to 5,000, they have to start restricting people from coming in. And then if it gets to 8,500 in one day, the department is required to trigger this law. So <laughs> tell me how this makes sense to protect the citizens, the tax-paying citizens of this country. And I'm talking about black, white, yellow, brown, the immigrants who came into this country legally for the last 250-plus years. In the first year, CNN says the government can use it for 270 days, then 225 calendar days into the second year, and 180 days into the third year. The, auth the authority sunsets after three years. And so, basically, this bill is making sure that illegal immigration can continue, like the faucet can just be slightly turned off, but still remain wide open so that people who do not care and have not paid taxes can come into this country and vote and basically take this country away from those who have paid for it to be here. This is not how you run a country. Uh, more details from CNN. The it, it introduces a new process in which U.S. citizenship and immigration services would decide an asylum case without it going through the immigration court system. The process doesn't apply to unaccompanied children. It preserves the president's authority to designate humanitarian parole on a case-by-case -case basis. President Joe Biden has used the authority for Ukrainians, Afghans, Cubans, Venezuelans, and Haitians, among other populations. It includes limited changes that narrow the use of parole on land, at land borders. Authorizes 250,000 additional immigrant visas to spread out over five years for families and applies to employment-based migrants. So this, will, this law will be in, in place for up to 2030. Do you understand what they are doing? They are making sure that even if Joe Biden loses the election, that immigration, unlawful immigration, illegal immigration will continue right up until 2030, unabated, basically unabated. And you say, well, Wiza, what's the harm? I don't understand. You know, a couple of months ago, I think actually over a year ago, there was this great debate on Twitter, which is now called X, about how there are Republicans and conservatives who believe in something called the replacement theory, the great replacement theory. That is, replace white European you know, offspring with Central American and brown offspring. And the idea is that white people were threatened by this. And that's why they're against illegal immigration. And I can say as a white person, that that is not why we are against illegal immigration. We are against illegal immigration because it is illegal, just the way we are against, oh, I don't know, murder. <laughs> murder is illegal. And so, therefore, I am against it. And this is, but this is how they twist the argument. Oh, you're, you're afraid of being replaced. You're afraid of being a minority. No, I'm not. Not at all. In fact, many times, the people who come, the, the people who come legally into this country, and I can say this as a pastor, I know this for a fact, are Christians. And they are more devout Christians than the white people in this country. And I say yay to that. Brown Christians, welcome in. Come on in. Legally, do process. Do what everybody else did to get here and don't skip the line through illegal practices. Respect the laws of the country that you intend to be a part of so that we are a nation of laws and not lawlessness. And I, I mean, I have a question for the people who came legally recently because I have many of these people in my church. How do you feel about this? These are your congressional leaders. These are your your federal government basically trying its hardest to make sure that you who followed the law and the principles are no longer as valuable as the people who are breaking those same laws that you abided by. 
This is bizarre world. This is how a country loses its mind. And now, we've gotten to the point, this is so amazing, where congressional Democrats are now admitting publicly in televised hearings that allowing illegal immigrants to vote is part of the plan in major cities in America. And by the way, not after they become citizens, while they are still illegal immigrants. Imagine France saying, Americans, we're having an election. Come on into the country for a week and vote for our leaders, and then you can leave or you can stay. We don't care. I mean, I mean, all the woke schools would rise up in revolt and say, how dare France do that? Americans don't deserve to vote for France, France league leaders. Yeah, no kidding. Why do illegals have the right to vote for our leaders? Anyway, this video, um, thank God for Elon Musk, because he shared this video with Speaker Mike Johnson's uh, tweet here up on the screen, talking about how the bill is not going to reach a vote uh, in the House floor, and thank God for that. And watch Mike Johnson have an interchange with uh, Larry Nadler. Is it Larry Nadler of New York City, this congressional leader, basically admitting, yes, we want illegal immigrants to vote in our city. Watch. That's not true. The New York City Council voted in December to allow this. It begins January 9, 2023. Cities in Vermont and Maryland already allow this, and similar measures are under consideration in Illinois, Maine, and, and uh, Massachusetts right now. Mr. Gentleman, will you? Yes. Uh, I believe those are um, considerations of allowing votes in municipal elections only. Right, but, but th th thank you. That's the point. Everybody wants to know at home, why would they allow this? Guys, they're allowing it because they're going to turn them into voters. Yes. They already are doing this in New York City, largest city in America, and this is the plan of our friends on this side to turn all the illegals into voters. That's it, folks. That's what's going on. That's the game. That's why the border's open. That's why they've dropped it. Look, I, I respect Ms. Lofgren and all her work in this arena. Yes, I'll, I'll yield, Mr. Chairman. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. As a New Yorker, I would love to think that New York is the entire country, but it is not. <laughs> It is not, and consideration is being given to uh, uh, permitting uh, non-citizens to vote in New York, and I believe in uh, in uh, the capital city of Vermont. I forget which that is. Uh, it, as, lo as much as I'd like to believe it, New York and Vermont are not the entire country. But, Mr. Chairman, that's the whole point. This is what's going on, folks, at home. If you're trying to figure this out, if you're scratching your heads, you're seeing the video, you see droves of people, 2.4 million people coming over the border illegally, the president allowing, the Democrats in charge of Congress are allowing it, the deal is they're going to turn them into voters. You just heard it. They don't have any problem with that. They celebrate it. Here's the deal. We have a problem with it. The Constitution has a problem with the it. Constitution. American elections should be decided by American citizens. Oh, you think? Yeah. That's it. Yes. <laughs> that's, what, that's what this is about. That's why we're jumping up and down and screaming, my friends on the video who are commenting about this. That's why we're so upset, because our constituents are, 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 are frightened that we are losing our country. We're losing our security. We're losing our sovereignty, because we're going to allow people from 160 different countries around the world to come in here and decide our elections. That's it. Here it is on record. You all heard it. I'm out of time. I yield back. Yeah. So there you go. On record, on video. Democratic leaders saying, yeah, we're allowing uh, illegal immigrants to vote in our elections. Why not? And they want to spread this around the country. More details on that Senate bill. $118 billion bill. Does it all go to the fight to the border crisis? Does it all go to defend our borders? No. More than half of this money goes to Ukraine, a war that will not end, that literally has no end game. And we're just pouring money into it. Oh, and by the way, check this out. $60 billion goes to Ukraine. Where does that money eventually go from Ukraine to? <laughs> it goes to weapons manufacturing companies in the U.S., of course, 
You know, I'm old enough to remember when Michael Moore, documentarian and far-left activist, used to go apoplectic over the industrial war complex machine that George W. Bush and Dick Cheney had going on. Now Michael Moore is completely silent when his party does the, the exact same thing. Endless wars in foreign nations to pad the pockets of weapons manufacturers in the United States. That's where, they're, that's where this country's tax money is going, and it is absurd. And it needs to be spoken about, and people need to be aware of it. And Christians, you need to fight for the right leaders, prayer, voting, register to vote, vote your values. I mean, it's insane. It's sick. It's disgusting. Even Bill Maher gets the fact that this is just politics. The president asking for more money to launder money in Ukraine for weapons manufacturers. And he does not need a new bill to secure the border. The laws are already on the books to secure the border. He just refuses to do it. Here is Bill Maher literally saying the truth out loud. Watch. Part two of the acting yeah. is Joe, is, is Joe oh, Biden you? saying, you know what, if you just give me a new law, a new law, why doesn't the president can fix this? He already has the existing law. And border patrol this, this is also right silly. Your face. I need a piece of yeah. paper from Congress to deal with the border. No, you already have that. That's right. That's right. That's right. Amazingly, his audience actually says, yes, we agree with that. But this is the picture that we have to keep in mind. Bring them in illegally through the border and then turn them into voters and then hand over our nation to people who do not care about it and do not respect its laws because the way they came into the nation in the first place was disrespecting its laws. What kind of other people are coming in? What are, what are the people that are coming in? I am old enough to remember that in 2015. Donald Trump said they're not sending their bests. They're sending rapists. They're sending murderers. And everybody excoriated him, said, racist. How dare he? Xenophobic. How dare he? No, he was talking about, again, illegal immigration. If somebody doesn't obey the laws to come into the nation, and I'm not talking about dreamers because that's a special case. Your parents brought you in. That's a different case altogether. But when you are a grown person and you disrespect the laws by entering into our nation, do you think that that person is going to enter into our nation and respect the laws of our nation? This uh, article from the Boston Herald, illegal immigrant. Child rapist, prostitute, arrested in Lynn. This is on January 23rd, ladies and gentlemen. This person, whose name is Rulaman Lopez Nolasco, was deported in 2006 after raping a child, came back and was arrested again for prostitution in 2015. He was not deported in 2015 after that arrest. And then he was just arrested two weeks ago in Lynn, Massachusetts, for more sexual predatory behavior. And you say, well, I thought they were all just seeking asylum. I thought they were just coming for a better life. No, they're coming to disrespect the laws in many cases. Now, ICE has a department called the Enforcement of Removal for Enforcement and Removal Operations Department. And it has seen a 20% increase in arrests in 2023. A 20% increase in arrests of people like uh, Nostalgo here. Nostalgo. Nolasco, sorry, <laughs> rule of my Nolasco. 20% increase, that means, in criminal reentry into our nation through illegal immigration. Oh, by the way, the people that they are arresting, that 20% increase, on average, they have, an, they have four charges against them and convictions per individual. The country is being stolen. Now they're not just stealing the country, handing it over to people who don't care about it and, don't, and respect its laws, but they are stealing the children. It's amazing how often life imitates art. Do you remember a show called In Living Color back in the 1990s? What a great show. It was so funny. It was kind of like the African-American or black Saturday Night Live. And there was one white dude on the show. And it was, he was now famous actor Jim Carrey. And he dressed up as a girl in a swimming outfit in 1990s. Uh, it was hilarious. It was a hilarious skit. Well, in 2020, this is a reality where we have men in bikinis uh, swimming against women. And a quarter, up to 30% of Gen Z, that's the youngest among us in our population, consider themselves queer according to a new 
poll. In fact, even some outlets, some news outlets, how crazy news gets. The Telegraph has this article. Elizabeth I may have been non-binary, claims Shakespeare's Globe. Now, who is Shakespeare's Globe? Look at the tagline of the headline of the article. Academics working for the theater have cast doubt on the gender identity of one of England's greatest queens. Um, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Academics working for the theater. These are actors. And last time I checked, actors are not experts on gender theory, but they think they are. And most people fall for this left, right, and center, including Taylor Swift fans, which we will get to in just a moment. I'm old enough to remember when in 2011 they were still talking about the fact that all the gay people wanted to do was just get married. They just wanted to get married. Leave us alone. We just want to have our wedding and our cake and our flowers and do our own thing. How is my gay marriage going to affect your kids? Well, this circle graph is a tweet from 2011. What will happen if gay marriage is legalized? And the whole circle is blue to illustrate that only gay people will get married. Because if you look at the, uh, the code down below there, gay people get married is the color blue or what would you call that? Turquoise? I don't know what that is. But anyway, the rest of the options, which are not included in the graph. Ask yourself, have these things actually happened? since gay people decided to get married and have now legal constitutional rights to do so. A third world war will break out. Well, that hasn't happened just yet, but we do have two proxy wars in Israel and in um, uh, Ukraine, and now uh, with the Houthis and potentially in Taiwan against China. So, any moment now, <laughs> how about this one? Various plagues will break out. Locusts, frogs, plague, etc. will erupt. COVID anyone? Oh, by the way, and right now, California, which last year this time was going through a severe drought of unprecedented proportions, is now being flooded and people are evacuating Southern California. By the way, Southern California is the root system of the pornography industry, of sex trafficking minors, of all the filth that this country absorbs and eats every single day. Judgment of God, anybody? Oh, number three on the list. Schools will begin to teach kids how to have gay sex. That has happened. That is here. And the terrorists will win. The terrorists are one, yes, because our federal government, Joe Biden, does, uh, removes the designation of terrorists from the Houthis, and then they become terrorists, and now he has to re-designate them terrorists. Remember when, remember when President Obama said, never doubt Joe Biden's ability to F things up? That's exactly what we're seeing right now. And he has the lowest approval rating on record for any president in his first term at this point. 37% of Americans approve, 60% disapprove of his job performance. And rightly so. He is a disaster. So this tweet aged like fine milk, as it says there on the Reddit community. Unbelievable. Then kids go to school and they see bulletin boards like this. With all the flags of all the sexual deviancy you can possibly imagine. Pansexual, lesbian, pride, bisexual, transsexual. What is this? Demiromantic, demisexual, aromatic. What is aromatic? Isn't that like a scent? <laughs> Asexual, gender fluid, agender, non-minor, intersex, genderqueer. What the heck? This is what's going on in our high schools. Uh, and, and, and so what do the kids get in this context of confusion? They get gender-affirming care. And the numbers are off the charts. The, the numbers have astronomically increased from 2017 to 2021. Just imagine what they are today. N nothing is slowing down in this regard. By the way, it's all the blue states where gender-confused kids are astronomically growing in proportion to the population. More and more studies are coming out. How many kids are getting their breasts removed, healthy breasts removed, their genitals cut off? The number of gender-affirming surgeries tripled from 2016 to 2019. Imagine what it is today. We don't even have the numbers just yet. 
Four, close to 4,000 surgeries were performed on teenagers from the article that I have here on the screen from age 12 to 18. I thought they weren't performing those surgeries on minors. Yes, they are. They're coming for your children. Now, this headline that I'm about to share with you now, I have to preface with this statement. I cannot believe that I am about to say this to you. These words I have never believed would be uttered out of my life. Are you ready? This is alarming. This is unbelievable. This is our, our country crossing the Rubicon. Remember, Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon, basically defined the sentence orders and led to civil war. Well, our country is crossing the Rubicon when it comes to freedom. This is the headline. Just look at this from the New York Post. Family flees U.S. after teacher spurs hides 10-year-old daughter's gender transition. A 10-year-old daughter is transitioned without her parents' knowledge of an American immigrant family. This family is from India, legally from India. They come to America seeking freedom. Now they're leaving America seeking freedom. Can you believe that we have come to the point? Can you believe that we've come to the point where an American family is leaving America for freedom? This country was the country you came to, excuse me, for freedom. This country was the place that you fled to to live life on your terms. Now, families are getting so attacked by this gender ideological nonsense. Their kids are literally being stolen from their homes. The parents with brains are saying, I'm getting out of Dodge. I'm out of here. So this post article goes on. It says this in the article. In June 2022, two centennial elementary students, elementary school students in Olympia, Washington, disappeared. <laughs> happened. Their parents, Indian immigrants, had quietly driven them out, to, out of state to Oregon before they eventually decided to fly back to their home country. No one in Olympia has seen them since. My daughter mentioned that Tia had been gone from school for a couple weeks, said Jess Davis, whose daughter was a classmate of Tia's, one of the family's four children, or, or sorry, family's children. I have changed most of the names in this report to respect requests for anonymity. We were at an ice cream social that our neighborhood has at the end of the school year, and I was thinking about them. So she decided to text Tia's mother and ask where they were, and she said, oh, well, we're just out of town. The article goes on. When they finally learned of the child's secret identity, this is after they learned that the, the school department was transitioning the kids, her kid, her daughter was being told that she was a he. Uh, they learned of it and they came to, into a conflict with the public school system that had embraced gender ideologies, radical notion that parents who don't unquestionably affirm their child's identity or gender choices pose a danger to that child. Tia's parents' protests were consequently treated as illegitimate. Uh, Olympia School District in Washington is one of 1,000 school districts nationwide that enact secrecy policies for kids who express gender dysphoria for, for, uh, to, protect, to protect them from their parents. How dare those parents? So their parents, again, treated like they were illegitimate parents for saying, wait a second, I'm not so sure that my daughter is a boy. <laughs> then they found paper copies of the emails from a teacher to Tia's at Tia's school. Now, this is a 10-year-old kid. A 10-year-old little girl was getting the following messages from her public education educator, her public school teacher. Quote, make sure this email is deleted too when we are done because otherwise, when your mom looks, you will be outed instantly, end quote. The next one, I kept emailing you, but I was worried your mom interfered before you saw my messages. Or this one, I too, I was also serious. I would take you into my home anytime you need. Another one, you need to get a personal email set up so we still have a way to communicate. Another one, I'm worried you're going to leave and I will never be able to be reached. Now they have hid the name of this public school teacher, but this public school teacher, teacher is a devil, is a devil and is the enemy of all that is good, right, and normal. 
And I don't say this lightly, but these people in these public schools who are doing this garbage to these kids are my enemy. Period. Full stop. You are my enemy because you are dividing parents from their children. In some cases, yes, there is abuse, and that must be taken very seriously, and there is neglect. Absolutely. Yes, in those cases, you step in, you intervene. But this is for feelings. This is about somebody, a kid being confused for a moment about how they feel inside. And everybody who's ever had children and has half a brain knows that most of the times, kids don't know what they are, at least for the first 18 years of their life. And never mind the fact that I believe as a Christian, there is no such thing as gender dysphoria. There's just demonic activity in the human heart that the devil has taken us captive through blindness and darkness. And he is winning the day. He's getting all of his Christmas presents here in 2024. Now, you'll never believe this is the, the most amazing part of the article. How did the process start by which Tia was now transitioned secretly by the school? <laughs> Check out this next part of the article. No definitive explanation could be confirmed for how the subject of transitioning genders came up between teacher and student. Two of Tia's classmates and one local mother indicated, though, that it may have started. I can't believe this. When Tia wore a traditional Indian dress for a school event, she apparently complained of it being itchy to Mrs. A. That's the non-named grooming teacher. From there, the classmates claimed Mrs. A brought up the notion that perhaps she didn't like girls' clothing because she wasn't a girl. These are the people teaching your kids. Get your kids out of public school at any cost. This is demonic. Maybe it's time for a wake-up call. <laughs> Nearly 6,000 U.S. public schools hide children's gender status from parents. That covers 3.2 million children in public schools right now. And they go to school and they wear an itchy shirt, and then they're considered, oh, you're in, that's because you're in the wrong body. Your gender is wrong. Somebody should really cut off your breasts or, you know, sew on a fake penis. And then you'll feel better about yourself because your dress was itchy. When I was a kid, I used to hate tags on the back of my shirts. To this day, I still rip them off. Actually, amazingly, on this shirt. There it is. It's still there. But I, I used to get so bugged, and I used to do this all day at school. And my mother would have to cut the tag off or rip the tag off. And if she didn't, I would rip it off myself. Imagine if I go, if I was in school, I probably would have been transitioned because I didn't like the tag on the back of my shirt. Oh, what, what is it? What is going on? This is just a demonic oppression. This is a demonic activity that is happening against our children that is dividing parents from their own kids. The devil loves division. He loves to drive a wedge. This is his mantra. This is his, this is his MO from the Garden of Eden on. An article from Conservative Education Reform Network talks about how schools' transgender policies are eroding parents' rights. Quote, the logic behind these policies appears to be going something like this. Children have a right to, quote, be who they are, end quote. If children say they are transgender, they really are. The only appropriate response is to affirm their true identity, and any other response will harm them. And schools need to protect self-identifying transgender kids from parents who aren't on board with an immediate transition. Don't you see the be you mentality? Be you mentality. That has basically produced a modern Gnostic heresy that has entered and taken captive children's minds. You say Gnostic heresy, big words, Pastor Tim. Okay, Gnosticism is an ancient heresy, dates way back to, oh, Plato, basically, where they believed that only the, only the spiritual mattered and the physical did not matter. So the physical had to adjoin or, you know, transition or trans, transmit or, or, or conform to whatever the spirit felt. Gnosticism for the word knowledge, secret knowledge. So you had the secret knowledge about who you really were and the physical reality didn't matter. By the way, this is how first century Christians um, justified 
you know, fornication and sex with prostitutes at the temple cult shrine in Corinth and Galatia uh, and Ephesus and other places because they believed what, not, what, what Platonic dualism believed, that your spirit mattered, your physical didn't. So you can do whatever what, what, what you want, do whatever you want with your body, because it's only about how you feel inside. Now, today's modern Gnostics say, well, if you feel like you're a girl, then you must be a girl. So your body, which really doesn't matter, you need to conform your body to how your spirit feels. It's just ancient heresy. As Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. What has been will be again. And caught in the crossfire of this heresy, this demonic oppression, are families who end up divided from their children. I reported this would come to America many years ago, two years ago, I reported. It was happening in Canada two years ago. And I said, this is coming to America. I said it on this channel. I said, this is coming to America. They are going to come and take kids out of their homes. And case after case proves me right. In Illinois, a school recently transitioned a young girl who was on the autism spectrum. And by the way, they always target two groups of people the mentally challenged kids, or autistic kids in some cases, which is not technically mentally challenged, I understand that, and Christian parents. They are targeting Christian parents. Every case that we looked up, basically, it was a Christian parent. And the school refused to listen to the parents' concerns in Illinois regarding their daughter, citing a law that they're supposed to affirm their gender identity no matter what. And by the way, the law that they cited does not even exist. It was an executive order. It was a, no, it wasn't even an executive order. It was some kind of Obama speech, President Obama's speech that they referenced, that they now called a law, as if Obama was a monarch who issued uh, legislation through word of mouth. You, you see, we, in this country, I remember when he was elected, he was considered almost like a messianic figure, saving us from our past. Now the public education system basically does determine that he is now the law of the land, just saying it. So again, the parents, just so you're following, in Illinois, of this, the parents of this child lost their child because the Indiana school system used a law that does not exist to affirm the feelings of this minor and rip them away from their parents. The Christian Post reporting, uh, parents in Indiana are appealing their case to the Supreme Court to stop the state from taking custody of their child. It's happening in America. Now, there was no abuse in the home, and uh, the courts still ruled against the parents. Now, now listen to this. On the article, in the article itself, it says this. The DCS in initiated an investigation into the Cox household over the parents' refusal to, to use their son's self-declared female name and pronouns after he decided to start identifying as a girl, according to Indiana Family Institute, who is supporting the parents' case. The trial court removed the child from the Cox's custody, citing concerns over the child's well-being in an environment not affirming his self-declared gender identity. This decision was upheld by the Indiana Court of Appeals Listen to this next line. This should scare the life out of you, Christian, or at least alarm you, which ruled that the restriction on the parents' religious instruction was permissible under state and federal constitutions. What? Government shall make no law regarding the free exercise of religion. That's amendment number one. Huh? Can we, can we at least acknowledge that we have the right to worship as we please? But I guess it's only certain religions that are allowed to worship as they please. Christians are being targeted by the legal system to divide their children from themselves. Parents in Michigan, this is from Christian Headlines, are suing the school district, alleging that employees transitioned their child without consent. Again, this is another case where the child has autistic tendencies. They were secretly transitioned by the school. In this case, the parents received paperwork from the school with their child's new boy name on the top and thought it was the wrong paperwork. Imagine that moment. And then they found a very explicit book in their daughter's possession that came directly from the school counselor. 
The book included a story about a homosexual boy trying to coerce another boy into a homosexual relationship with him. And then this is the saddest case of all, a Montana couple. The child was taken away and sent to Canada. <laughs> sent to Canada to continue transitioning from a girl to a boy or a boy to a girl. I can't remember exactly which one. It's so, it's so confusing with the boy-girl stuff. I, I, I don't even know. They've, they've even confused me on reporting on this stuff. Evidently, the gender confusion started when this daughter, okay, it was a girl. The daughter was uh, told, the daughter told a friend in school that she was suffering from untreated terminal cancer and was suicidal because her parents, Krista and Todd Colstead, refused to allow her to transition to a boy. The daughter also repeatedly claimed that she had consumed toilet bowl cleaner and painkillers in her effort to take her own life. And they investigated those claims and none of them were true. She never had cancer. She never drank toilet bowl cleaner and she never took painkillers to take her own life. She just said, oh, my mommy and daddy won't let me pretend to be a boy. And now the Canadian government has them has this child in their possession. And by the way, the parents are now facing arrest if they re-enter the state. This is Montana a state that is run by a Republican governor. And there's a warrant out for their arrest because they spoke out about it. They went on Megyn Kelly's podcast and they talked about it. They went on another podcast and talked about their ordeal. Tell me who's running the country. It's unbelievable how our country is basically deteriorating at a record pace. Taking the cake is this very, very sad story out of Los Angeles. A child committed suicide laying on a railroad track after being taken away from her parents and transitioned to male by the school district. This woman's story is highlighted in a new documentary premiering on X this month called The War on Children. And I would highly suggest that you subscribe to Robbie Starbuck, I think his name is, and watch the film for yourself. The mother says that CPS took my daughter when she was 16 years old. Uh, it was helped by her public school counselor, an LGBTQ group, and other trans and another trans-identified girl. It is a social contagion, ladies and gentlemen. It is a social contagion. That's why it is increasing, not decreasing. She says, my daughter was taken from her loving home because the state of California claims I was abusive for not affirming her trans identity. I lost my daughter over a name and pronouns. And I just have to show you the video. This is a little clip from the War on Children. Watch. It was in eighth grade when I went, talked to the principal, what happened. She was going through depression. I took her to the hospital because on that day uh, she took some pills, overdose. So, so that's how everything started. Went to the doctor, she was fine, but they didn't release my daughter with me. They called CPS. Since that moment I had uh, CPS at my house, that's when I went to the high school and talked about, you know, her depression, and I was hoping to get help. Instead of that, what they did is send her to LGBTQ group. I didn't know anything about it. So my daughter started, you know, to change. She looked pretty mad, upset, depressed. And then she's starting to talk about, she felt like she was in the wrong body. I'm here, you see a girl, but inside I'm a boy. And I go like, since when? I didn't know that she was going to these groups at school. Nobody so, at the school told you? No, they secretly sent her to these groups. She was not able to sleep. After, you know, going through all this, their depression is worse than what it was before. Why? Because now they are dealing with pain, with medication, going back and forward to the doctor. Surgery is not, it's not just one. They don't tell them that. I thought she was going to go into therapy first. If you want to help my daughter, help her inside out. What's in here? Why she's this depression? After the testosterone shot, she tried to suicide twice. And then September 4, she decided to 
knelt in front of a train and I cried and I said, can I see one of her hands, finger, something? He said, there's nothing that you can really see. Well, I think from heaven, she can see how hard you fought for her. Can I give you a hug? Thank you for being such a good mom. I feel bad for that lady, but listen, if you don't know what groups your kids are a part of, you are not doing your job as a parent. You really aren't. You've got to know. You've got to be the guardian of your kids and their activities. And you've got to understand what's happening. Search their phone. Your, your kid's phone, little password thing that pops up on your phone, yeah, you should have that. Your kids cannot have secret passwords. Your kids cannot have secret apps. Your kids should not be on social media. Your kids should not be on social media up until the age of, I don't know, maybe 18, until they get their own house. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable how much of this madness has come through these streams, these these uh, these uh, venues, just like this venue right here, where you're getting this content, uh, which you should be getting more of, of course. So like and subscribe and hit that notification bell so that you can get notified about everything that we uh, present to you here on the deep end and on the deep dive and 10 questions with Tim. But, but this is the madness of our current moment. And, and, and I've got so much more in the extra content about how many times they're wrong about kids and they're transitioning and they don't even realize it. But this video I ran across, this has got to be the saddest video I've ever watched. These are transition regret people. And they talk about, these are guys who believe they're girls and transitioned surgically. And you have to understand something about this that you won't understand until you hear it from their own mouth. Watch this video, how sad their lives are as a result of these surgeries. Watch. It's been a decade since my sex reassignment surgery. I had my SRS 10 years ago. It's been almost four years since I had the first stage of my vaginoplasty. I had my second SRS revision surgery. I am getting a second surgery. After my surgery, I was just in such a dark place that I didn't really want to talk about it. I didn't really want to have to go back into it and feel all those feelings over again. I had a few complications, bleedings, infections. I've had had complications and I've had a hard time. I did have some complications and I did have some, you know, concerns that not everybody deals with. I thought it would make me happier and initially it did. Was that worth the constant issues I've had? The dilation I have to do for the rest of my life? I'm having the worst time with dilation. I was experiencing a little bit of dehiscence, which is basically when you are so swollen that the sutures that they put start to rip open. It was as bad as it sounds. I had trouble urinating. I kind of walked around with it for a year before I seeked help. The reason I'm dilating twice a day is because if I miss once, it is so painful. I like dread it so much because it's so painful. Went to dilate again that night and I think that I moved a stitch. I don't know what happened, but something happened and I was in excruciating pain. It felt like literally somebody had like shot me or stabbed me or burned me or something down there. I had to dilate and I had to try to open my urethra up and it was just like, yeah, I'm going to start crying. I was bleeding every time. I literally was going to pass out. I threw up because I had so much pain. I remember like bawling my eyes out saying like, what did I do? Like, what did I do to myself? I 
to myself, oh, I'm never gonna heal from this. My body is constantly trying to heal after surgery since he considers it to be an open wound. I mean, what can I do except go and have another revision? I remember starting to cry in the surgeon's office because I was like, I'm depressed, I'm in school, it's painful, like it's just, it's a lot. The issues I had very early on should have been indications to me that I should not have done this, but I hated my male self so much that I needed to. And now there is no way to go back. You can never go back when you get a surgery. It's not always gonna go well. If I had known about the irreversible physical damage I caused to my body, then I would have never done any of this. It's very much a commitment for life. You're going to have to rely on doctors for the rest of your life. Don't be like me and deny problems until it's too late. Rather, address them so you can be happier and live a healthier life. Um. You're going to have to rely on doctors for the rest of your life. Bingo was his name all. That's what they want. And it's surgery. It's your body is cut open and a wound is created. Don't you understand when you get a wound? I had a wound here. Remember about last year this in March? I have a wound right here, the scar. It closed up. It was ripped open through a bike accident. It's closed up. Your body's natural biological structure is close the wound. And when you cut off something, it's going to want to close that wound. It, it, Hard to watch, hard to hear that stuff, but you need to understand it because you need to understand how monstrous these people are in public education, how monstrous these doctors are. From the Children's Hospital in Boston to St. Johns Hopkins, which I think actually stopped doing gender reassignment surgery for minors, but still needs to stop doing gender reassignment surgery, period. All of this is the devil's work to steal the children from parents. This is another sad video, and I have to share sad videos because you understand, you have to understand what's going on. The battle for your children is real. Imagine your daughter publicly chastising you in front of educators and a public hearing, telling them how bad you were for, oh, I don't know, sharing your political beliefs with her. This is exactly what happened to this girl in a public setting. Watch. I am a student at Chapin High School in my senior year, and I have attended schools in the Chapin Cluster since kindergarten. This is the first District 5 board meeting I have attended, though I did watch the public participation portion of the meeting that took place on January 8th. I was inspired to come and speak today by my English teachers. In my high school years, I have come to know most of the teachers in the department and found that they are a brilliant and kind group of people who truly do act in the interest of every student. I hold the utmost respect for them, and they have taught me as they have taught me so much in academics, extracurriculars, and lifelong ethics. I am incapable of fully understanding the stress and responsibility felt by teachers, parents, and the members of this board. I have no years of experience being an educator. I have no college degree. I am not a parent. I am barely even an adult. I am just a high school student. I am here to make a point about the dangerous consequences of book banning in public education, but I first want to share some of my background so that you may get an idea of why this is so important to me. I'm fortunate to have both my parents present and involved in my everyday life. They support me, care for me, and I live a comfortable life. I love both of my parents dearly, but tonight I would like to focus on my father and the concomitantly de detrimental effect he has had on my life. He is a conservative, a Republican, and a Christian. For as long as I can remember, he has instilled his political and religious values in me. As a child who unquestioningly admired her father, I took him at his word, and his one-sided, bigoted beliefs became ingrained in my identity. When the topic of the 2016 presidential election arose at the fourth grade lunch table, I would recite the arguments my father made in favor of Trump. I ignorantly endorsed a man who would have me suffer and even die in the name of political agendas. At tenure What? <laughs> Trump is going to make you suffer and die in the name of political agendas? Really? What, what world are you living in? 
years old, I had no one exposing me to diverse political perspectives. One might argue that a fourth grade classroom is a fourth grade classroom is not the place for political discussions, and if one is to arise, the teacher should extricate themselves from the situation and dismiss the, in the topic entirely. If the classroom is not the place for such, such discussions, then where? The home? My parents failed me in that area of education, and I can assure you that mine were not the only ones. If fourth grade students are old enough to hold conversations about politics and current events themselves, then they are old enough to hear debates that represent both sides and incorporate a variety of viewpoints. I have since needed to reconsider where I stand. When the Democrats, who had previously been demonized, held in just in unjustifiable condemnation and immediately dismissed, actually aligned with my own morals and reasoning more than Republicans, I found myself at a crossroads. I could either continue in my father's doctrine that required me to blindly and to follow blindly and ignore irrefutable, irrefutable truths and the principles of democracy or to pursue my own knowledge and form my own opinions. This I could not do without the support of my teachers. They have encouraged me to conduct my own research about the politicians from both parties who have the power to dictate my life. They did this without interjecting their own opinions or political affiliations. Oh, yes, I'm sure they did. I I'm sure. When we have scores of research that shows that 99% of NAE uh, and other uh, teacher unions support and promote and campaign for Democratic politicians, left, right, and center. Unbelievable ignorance here on the part of this child, but she's a child, so she's allowed to be ignorant. They have emboldened me to form my own opinions and supported me unconditionally. The English department has changed my life for the better. They are, in my humble opinion, the most qualified people in this room to determine which books are useful and appropriate for classrooms. They are export, experts in how to best use these books, these tools, to provide students with a diverse education with which to, with which to become well-informed, free-thinking citizens. Uh, yeah, no, they're not. But, um, you know, you go ahead and believe that, young lady, and I guarantee you that this doesn't just happen because of her English teachers. This does not just happen because of her school. I guarantee you that this girl had another profound influence on her life in this direction. And I know I'm going to upset some Christian parents, but you need to know what's going on with regards to Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift has a profound influence on young girls just like that. This article that we ran across here on the Deep End Research Team, what did Taylor Swift say about Christianity? You won't believe her response. Quote, I grew up in a household where faith was always present, Taylor once said in an interview with the Tennessee. And my mom would take me to church every Sunday. We prayed before every meal. It was just the routine that we had. That's the problem. It was routine and not a relationship with the Lord. Her fans are primarily girls between age 12 and 22, the age range where most Christians rededicate themselves to the church. Swift is especially intriguing in that she doesn't align with any particular theological camp. She said that to Caitlin Beatty in Christianity Today. In an interview with Australian Women's Weekly magazine in 2012, Taylor described herself as being raised on an underdog religious upbringing. She was grateful that her parents did not force any set of religious doctrines on her, but allowed her to discover her faith at her own pace. Thus, Taylor believes that everyone should have the freedom to find their truths without judgment or bias. That sounds all well and good. Uh, the, the article goes on. Taylor opened up about how she is struggling with her view of the LGBT community. This is 2012, by the way. So she's no longer struggling, and I'm going to show you why in just a moment. Because it conflicts with what she was taught by her church when growing up. Don't you see the exact same, you know, mantra as the girl we just watched on video excoriating her parents in front of the school board, in front of her parents, as what we see here with Taylor Swift? So she's got at conflict with how she was raised in LGBT uh, the LGBTQ uh, community. In an interview with Altitude or Attitude magazine in 2019, she acknowledged that most religions did not approve of same-sex marriage, but said that maybe we could make it so that gay couples are still considered legally married, even if they believe something else. It's kind of hard to be like, well, church said this, but I feel 
this way. I feel, oh my goodness, I can't stand the word feeling. CNN Entertainment has this article. Taylor Swift shares powerful Pride Month message during Chicago Eras Tour concert. Quote, I'm looking out tonight and seeing so many incredible individuals who are living authentically and beautifully, Swift said at Chicago's Soldier Field, adding, this is a safe space for you. This is a celebratory space for you. Swift went on to tell the audience how prideful she feels when she gets to sing her equality anthem, You Need to Calm Down, with them in such solidarity and such support of one another and such encouraging, beautiful acceptance and peace and safety. We can't talk about pride without talking about pain, she said, pivoting from her celebration of the community to the realities of the current political climate. She brought up what she called recent harmful pieces of legislation that have put people in the LGBTQ and queer community at risk. It's painful for everyone, she said, adding she tries to inform her followers when the midterms and key primaries are in an effort to encourage them to vote. So parents, there you go. Keep supporting Taylor Swift. Keep kidding, keep buying your kids the albums and the swag and you know, showing them all that she is and celebrating. She's a harmless blonde girl, all-American girl. No, she's not. She's got an agenda for your kids. I wonder if she's concerned about the harm that is coming upon the Montana, Indiana, and in Illinois families that we just talked about where parents are having their children ripped away from them by the state. I wonder if she's concerned about that pain. No, no, no. She's concerned about towing the line for the Democratic talking points. That's what she's concerned about. And now there's uh, rumblings about the, Democrat, the, uh, the, the Biden administration reaching out to Taylor Swift to campaign for Joe Biden in the, in the fall and swing the election because a, a report from some paper said that one-fifth of young people will vote for whoever she says to vote for. By the way, the CNN Entertainment article uh, talked about this song, You Need to Come Down, and I want to show you the video of Taylor Swift's You Need to Come Down. And I'm not going to play the song because, the, the music, because I don't want to get flagged by YouTube. I'm going to scroll quickly. And she has this image of this perfect, beautiful LGBT, you know, wonder world, if you will, where everybody is happy, everybody's living in peace, she's in a pool. And there are some pesky, evil, backwoods, redneck Christians. Oh, by the way, there she is in drag, or at least hanging out with a drag queen. And uh, yeah, oops, these pesky, let me try this again, struggling, these pesky, there we go, these pesky religious rednecks. This is what Taylor Swift sees Christians as right here. Pesky religious rednecks. There they are protesting the happy-go-lucky LGBT queers and all the people there who are so fulfilled in their happiness and joy. And then she's, uh, I guess she's some French fries and she's about to make make out with a hamburger. And then the Christians come around and support them and show their celebration. And here's the end credit of the video. Let's show our pride by demanding that on a national level, all our laws truly treat all our citizens equally. Please sign my petition for Senate support on the Equality Act on change.org. Yes, that is Taylor Swift. What, is he, what does the song say? What are the lyrics of the song? You are somebody that we don't know, but you're coming at my friends like a missile. Why are you so mad when you, could, when you should be glad? G-L-A-A-D the pro-gay rights activist group. Sunshine on the street at the parade, the gay pride parade, of course. But you would rather be in the dark ages. Making that sign must have taken all night. That's the lyrics of the song. And who is in the target? Who are in the, who are in the crosshairs? These people. Yes, that's how Taylor Swift sees Christians. Right there. Yep. Evil redneck protesters. Well, here's the deal, Miss All-American Girl, Miss Taylor Swift. It's actually the opposite. Do you know who's actually showing up and protesting the very peaceful, happy people? It's the pro-LGBT activists. This is news out of Colorado. A group of LGBTQ positive activists have targeted a Christian coffee shop. 
They have staged protests for weeks because the coffee shop has been deemed as homophobic. <laughs> because I guess the, the Christian coffee shop, which, by the way, works to get homeless people off the streets, but commits the unforgivable cultural sin of not endorsing same-sex marriage, and the LGBTs want to drive them out of town. Such tolerance. Don't you see, Taylor Swift? This is not what's happening. This is what's happening. Holding up signs saying, God is a F-A-G. And graffitiing and, and defacing the coffee shop. From the Twitter account, Denver Communists, we'd be happy to call a truce. We'll stop protesting the Drip Cafe as soon as they shutter, shutter their business and stop spreading their vile hate against LGBTQ. Pretty simple, no truce. Be gone, bigots. Do you see? Do you, do you understand, Taylor Swift, that it's not actually the Christians who are acting like backwoods, hateful, anti-people? It's the very people that you have sung praise to that are attacking Christians who are helping people get away from homelessness, who are helping the homeless problem in Denver, Colorado, and they're being attacked and vilified and demanded to shut down their business by the very people that you sing and worship and celebrate. That's our country. That's what's going on. I leave you, people, with a verse of scripture that God put on my heart. I opened my Bible on Monday. This is the verse that I, got, that I came to. Jeremiah 13, 16. Give glory to the Lord, your God, before he brings darkness, before your feet stumble on the twilight mountains. And while you look for light, he turns it into gloom and makes it deep darkness. In other words, Jeremiah is saying, looking upon a culture that is very much like ours, the only option, the only way out is to give glory to God. Live for God. Honor God. Celebrate what he celebrates. Worship him. Serve him. Follow him. Because he is bringing darkness. He is allowing Satan can do nothing that the, that the Lord does not allow. Satan is being allowed to bring darkness upon this nation, a nation that has willfully rejected him, taking prayer in the Bible away from our children, replacing it with LGBTQ ideology, replacing taxpaying voters with illegal aliens who come and disrespect our laws, and our nation is headed downward. We are living in, the very much, in very much the same days as Jeremiah, and we need more Jeremiahs to call it out. And I've got a lot more content to share with those of you who are dependables, the, support, the supporters of our channel, which we will be doing right after this video ends. Extra content is available to those who join our membership plan from the $10 to the $60 range. We've already got our t-shirts going out to our dependables. Thank you so much, dependables, for supporting our community. We, we love you so much, and thank you for being a part of getting this out there further than we've ever been before. If you want to be part of the dependables, join the community at patreon.com slash timhatchlive. When you support us, we support Project Rescue, rescuing uh, people, young kids out of sex trafficking, and the American Bible Society getting the Bible into people's hands. And there's also the Tim Hatch Live swag shop, timhatchlive.com slash shop. That is the show for the free people. Thank you also for being here. Like the channel, subscribe, hit the notification bell. I value you so much. Thank you for taking the time. And I hope that I've helped you understand the war that you're in so that you can defend your family, fight for your faith, and know that you're not crazy. The world is. And Jesus Christ is coming soon. Bye-bye.